Church, you may be seated. Welcome to worship. My name's Eric Ashley. I'm honored to be the pastor here at Grace and grateful to be in worship with you this morning. Our mission here at Grace Community is to create a community where all people can experience God's transforming grace, and it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning with you. Today, we're continuing our series, Earn, Save, and Give, uh, based on Wesley's rules for financial management. And uh, before you leave and run for the doors, because we're talking about money, there's going to be some movie clips, so it's going to be good. Actually, I'm going to make this connection, see what you think about this, between Wall Street's Gordon Gecko and the 18th century theologian and pastor John Wesley. We'll see what kind of connection there is in how they tell us to handle money. If you don't remember Gordon Gecko, take a look at this and remind yourselves. The new law of evolution in corporate America seems to be survival of the unfittest. Well, in my book, you either do it right or you get eliminated. In the last seven deals that I've been involved with, there were 2.5 million stockholders who have made a pre-tax profit of $12 billion. Thank you. I am not a destroyer of companies. I am a liberator of them. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Greed clarifies, cuts through, and captures the essence of the evolutionary spirit. Greed in all of its forms. Greed for life, for money, for love, knowledge, has marked the upward surge of mankind. And greed, you mark my words, will not only save Teldar paper, but that other malfunctioning corporation called the USA. Thank you very much. Okay, there you have it, Gordon Gecko and John Wesley, and we'll see if we can make a connection in, within this hour to how they tell us to handle money. While, uh, while before we continue, would we stand and greet one another in worship with a handshake, a hug, or a fist bump? Welcome to worship. We're glad you're here. So money, the scriptures tell us lots of things about money, and, and John Wesley calls it a most excellent gift. And the scriptures tell us all kinds of things, starting in Proverbs tells us this about, 
about money. Go to the ant, you lazy person, observes its ways and grows wise. The ant has no commander, no officer or ruler. Even so, it gets its food, it gets its money in summer and gathers its provisions at harvest. How long, lazy persons, will you lie down? When will you rise up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the arms to lie down and poverty will come upon you like a prowler, destitution like a warrior. And then there's a, there's a famous parable in Matthew 25 uh, about some servants and a master. And Jesus says this, says, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who was leaving on a trip. He called his servants and handed his possessions over to them. To one he gave five valuable coins, and to another he gave two, and yet another he gave one. He gave to each servant according to that servant's ability, and then he left on his journey. After the man left, the servant who had five valuable coins took them and went to work doing business with them. He gained five more, and in the same way, the one who had two valuable coins gained two more. But the one servant who had received one valuable coin dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five valuable coins came forward with five additional coins, and he said, Master, you gave me five coins. Look, I've gained you five more. His master replied, Excellent. You've been good and faithful servants. You've been faithful over a little. I'll put you in charge of much. Come and celebrate with me. Likewise, the second servant also came forward and said, Master, you gave me two valuable coins. Look, I've gained two more. The master replied, well done. You are a good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'll put you in charge of much. Come celebrate with me. Now the one who had received one valuable coin came and said, Master, I know that you are a hard man. You harvest grain where you haven't sown. You gather crops where you haven't spread seed. So I was afraid. And I hid my valuable coin in the ground. Here is, this is what is yours. The master replied, you evil and lazy servant, you knew that I harvested grain where I haven't sown and that I gather crops where I haven't spread seed. In that case, you should have turned my money over to the banker so that when I returned, you could give me what belonged to me with interest. Therefore, take from him the valuable coin and give it to the one who has ten coins. Those who have much will receive more, and they who have more, they will have more than they need. But as for those who don't have much, even the little they have will be taken away from them. Now take the worthless servant and throw him outside into the darkness. People there will be weeping and grinding their teeth. Scripture has a word for us about using our talents and skills to gain wealth, to gain money, to make money. And this is where there is a connection between Gordon Gecko and John Wesley, because John Wesley wrote a sermon called On the Use of Money 
sermon number 29, and he outlined his general rules for the use of money. And the first one is simple. It says, earn all you can. Kind of like Gordon Gecko, greed is good. However, John Wesley has a couple of caveats. And we've all heard this, that, that money is the root of all evil, right? That's how it's in the scriptures, correct? Money is the root of all evil. Well, that's from 1 Timothy chapter 6, and it, it actually says the love of money is the root of all evil. So John Wesley's going to take us on a little bit of a bent, unlike we may have heard in other money messages where we may hear we need to take a vow of poverty, we can't have nice things, and we, you know, we need to have just the very minimal things. We shouldn't be driving cars, we should be walking in mass transit and, you know, but Wesley doesn't believe those things. Wesley's first rule goes in line with where it says the love of money is the root of all evil, not just money. So he says we should earn all we can, kind of like Gordon Gecko. Go get as much money as you can. But he has three caveats. The first caveat is this. It must be done by honest industry. Meaning for, for Wesley that was you need to pursue what God has called you to pursue, what God has gifted you to pursue. God has given us all gifts and talents, just like in the parable they gave the, the, uh, the servants coins according to our ability. God has given us different abilities. Some of us are, are good administrators, and some of us are, are good with numbers and accountants. Some are working the law. Some are salespeople. Some have engineering and science minds and logistics minds. Some are teachers. God has gifted us with all certain different types of abilities. And like the servants in the parable, we're to go and use those gifts and talents. And Wesley says when we do that, we shouldn't waste time. We shouldn't procrastinate. We should do it as well as possible. We should give our very best. Wesley says we are called by God to use our gifts and talents to earn all we can by honest industry. Likewise, we are to use, to earn all we can by common sense, meaning that we should gather all the knowledge and information we need. We should, we should form that with wisdom. We should be innovative. We, we should continue to always be learning, always be improving what we do so that we can earn all we can. And the last caveat is this, that we should earn all we can without paying more than it's worth. And what Wesley means by that, paying more than it's worth, is that we need to frame this that we aren't doing harm to anybody. And we can look to the greatest commandment, Luke 10, 27. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. We can frame this that we shouldn't do harm to anyone within the three parts of that, loving God, loving ourselves, and loving our neighbor. So we can't do harm to how we love God by doing anything that is sinful or immoral or against the laws of our land or the laws of the land where we're living. 
We shouldn't do anything that, is, that brings shame to glorifying and enjoying God forever, as we talked about in our last series, Living Our Best Life. We are called to glorify and enjoy God forever, and we can't earn our, all we can and do something that is contrary to that. Wesley said that uh, in our calling, we, can't, we, we don't want to do anything that would go against that, and he said for Wesley that he couldn't study mathematics, arithmetic, or algebra without either becoming a deist or an atheist. Some of us might feel that same way about math, right? Or other subjects. So whatever we do, we don't want to put a hindrance between loving God, doing harm to our ability to love God. Likewise, we don't want to put any hindrance or do any harm to loving ourselves, that we would impair our mental health, our emotional health, our relational health, our spiritual health, or our physical health. In Wesley's day, he was especially standing up against, against companies and manufacturers who provided unhealthy workplaces. There was no OSHA, there was no EPA, there was no Department of Labor to oversee the working conditions. And so he said, earn all you can, but don't pay for it with your health and your life. And likewise, we shouldn't put those barriers before our neighbors by, by casting harm on their mental, emotional, physical, relational, or spiritual health. So we are to earn all we can by honest industry, by common sense, and by not paying for more than it's worth. And that's where Gordon Gecko and John Wesley part ways. Gordon Gecko would say, earn all you can by stepping on anyone you can possibly step on and, and, and work as hard as you can, even if it takes you to the, the deathbed. And it doesn't matter if it's immoral or, or uh, evil or even against the law, because Gordon Gecko in the movie, spoiler alert, goes to jail. So Gordon and Gecko and, and John Wesley part ways, but John Wesley says still, earn all you can within those three caveats. Secondly, his second rule is this, is that we are to save all we can. Proverbs 13, 11 says, riches gotten quickly will dwindle, but those who acquire them gradually become wealthy. wealthy or Wesley gives some simple rules for how to save all you can. First, he says, and this will hit home for many of us, including myself, that we are to put away our desires, put away paying money for idle expenses, desires of the flesh, desires of the eye, desires of the taste buds, the pride of life. Basically, in our 21st century language, is stop trying to keep up with the Joneses. Wesley says, nothing can be more certain than this, that daily experience shows us the more that we are indulged, the more we will increase the need to have more. Again, Gordon Gecko breaks all those rules that Gordon Gecko has some money, he wants some more money and some more and more and more. He also, Wesley talks about how we should Talk with our children and how we should give children money. And it's a similar thing to our desires. He says, why should we purchase them more? 
And so they will develop more pride and more lust and more vanity and more foolishness and more hurtful desires. He said, don't leave it to them because they're just going to be tempted by desires of the flesh and the eye and taste buds just like you are. Now, a little caveat, John Wesley had no children. John Wesley, I think, is a really great preacher, a really great practical theologian. Maybe not the person we look to for parenting advice or relational advice. He had one very poor marriage as well. So what he's saying is that we should put our money to work and and not overspend on indulgences and desires that we may have. Buying things are okay, but where it becomes like the love of money, the love of things, when that gets in the way of us loving God, then that is harmful. Now, we're not talking about hoarding either. We're not talking about saving and building up a saving so that at retirement we can, we can have this great amount of wealth. I mean, we've all seen the, uh, the memes online, right, of the, you don't see hearses pulling U-Haul trucks full of stuff, right? So, it's not talking about hoarding what we have. It's talking about saving as we go. Here's an example of how Wesley saved. One year in his journal, he recorded that he made 30 pounds, and he, he lived on 28 pounds, and so he gave away two pounds. The next year, he, he made 60 pounds. He still lived on 28 pounds, and he gave away 32 pounds. The year after that, Wesley made 90 pounds. Wesley made a lot of his money, mostly through the publishing industry, through publishing pamphlets and books. Recording his journal, he made 90 pounds the next year. Guess how much he lived on? 28. He gave away 62. The following year, made 120 pounds. He lived on 28. And he gave away 92. Over the course of John Wesley's life, he gave away 30,000 pounds. And he died with just a few coins in his pocket. He gave away all of his wealth over the course of his lifetime. Now, I know saving is not easy. I can look at my own saving account, savings account and look at that. I can look at my own budget and see that saving is not easy. But it is possible in our day and age, and uh, some of you can testify to that. During my time at Hyde Park, I knew this lady named Dorothy Ebersbach. Uh, Dorothy was, well, here's Dorothy. I knew Dorothy as she was on the right. Dorothy passed away in 2011, and uh, Dorothy just looked like a normal older lady at Hyde Park who came to traditional worship at 11 o'clock. But here's Dorothy's story. She was born in 1914. And then on a family trip to the Chicago World's Fair in 1933, her father took her on a seaplane ride, and she developed a passion for flight. She then got her private pilot's license in 1939, and her father, who was a land developer and builder in Tampa, got her a plane so she could help deliver supplies around to his sites. After the attack on Pearl Harbor... Dorothy became one of 1,800 women who formed the Women's Air Force Force Service Pilots, or WASPs. 
and she spent the war years flying uh, planes and ferrying new planes that were being built, coming off the production lines and flying them to military bases, flying newly repaired planes back to use, and get this, flying uh, planes attached with targets so that the male pilots could practice their dogfighting. Hey, we just fixed this plane. Would you take it back over here? And hey, by the way, let us shoot at you and these targets. That's what the wasps did. She spent the war years doing that, and then in 2010, she and her fellow WASP were awarded the Congressional Gold Medal, the highest honor for American citizens. And she expressed her humility that she was surprised and was more than she ever expected. After the war, she went to nursing school at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, and uh, she studied nursing there, and... Uh, returned to Tampa, and worked as a public health nurse until she retired in 1975. Early in her life, her father had taught her the gift of saving money. She never made a lot of money as a nurse. She lived very humbly in her family home, the home that her father built for her in the 30s in South Tampa. If you drove by her house, it would just look like uh, nowadays, it looked like one of those houses you drive by that someone was waiting to tear down so that they could build a McMansion of South Tampa. Didn't look like a millionaire lived in that house. She was a lifelong Methodist and a member of Hyde Park United Methodist, and, and she gave regularly to that church. In fact, when her pastor, Lloyd Knox, was elected bishop, she gave a special offering and endowed a scholarship at his alma mater in recognition of him being elected bishop. During her lifetime, she gave Case Western University, the nursing school, $2.7 million. And she established the Dorothy Ebersbach, uh, let me get the, get the name right, the Dorothy Ebersbach Academic Center for Flight Nursing, which combined her passion for flight and her passion for nursing and education. When she died in 2011, her estate gave an additional $2 million to Case Western for the nursing program. And then she also gave the largest bequest uh, to Hyde Park United Methodist, $1 million to her church. Established scholarships for young persons going to college and for seminary students preparing for ministry. She also gave part of her estates to the local food bank, the Audubon Society, the Florida United Methodist Children's Home, and the Warren Willis Camp in Fruitland Park. Dorothy never married. She never had any children. But she, in her lifetime, has touched the lives of next generations many times over and has established a world-class training facility for flight nursing in Cleveland. So what about us? I would suggest that we all need a plan. We, if we don't have a plan, we need to find our plan and, and figure out what that is. First, we probably need to face the facts of our personal situation. You know, are we having an income problem? Perhaps we need to look for another job or an additional job, or if we're in a job where we can make more money by producing more, as the scriptures tell us, we, maybe we should try to figure out a way to produce more, be innovative and learn and, and grow. 
or we may need to find a different one to earn all we can. Or maybe we have an outflow problem. Maybe we need to simplify our spending or, or do some plastic surgery. I did some plastic surgery a couple weeks ago. I got a little, got a, it was getting a little out of hand, so we, we did some plastic surgery. Maybe we need to break the need for more in our own selves. Stop trying to keep up with our neighbors. And then we need to think about investing in our future and investing in the future of others. There's a couple popular plans out there. You've heard about these, uh, in, and many of you are much more skilled in this than I am. One simple plan is called the 10-10-80 plan. You give 10%, you save 10%, and you live on 80%. Seems pretty simple. Another one, and we use this model here in our teaching at, at um, Grace, is Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. There's a class getting ready to finish up right now. We're going to have another class in January. But if you need help right now, we have many Dave Ramsey alumni amongst our congregation. And if you contact the church office, we'd be happy to put you in touch with someone who can give you some guidance now. Ramsey's plan is similar to the 101080, but he would say establish an emergency fund of $1,000 minimum so that when an emergency comes, and an emergency will come, you'll have something to pay for it. Pay off all your debt, put all your energy into paying off your debt, then put all your energy into saving three to six months of expenses, invest 15% in retirement, pay for your children's colleges, pay your home off early, and then build great wealth and give it away. In the spirit of John Wesley. Whatever plan works for you, or maybe you have another plan, but have a plan, because if we don't, it's just going to happen upon us. What plan you have, work it and just do it in the spirit of Nike. So that's it. We've talked about violence, we've talked about human sexuality, and we've talked about money. And in the spirit of Gordon Gecko, uh, greed may not be good, but... Within the caveats of Wesley, earning all we can and saving all we can is good. So I would urge us to do that very thing in the spirit of John Wesley. Earn all we can and save all we can by loving our God, loving ourselves, and loving others. Amen.